Banned in Europe, this controversial ingredient is allowed in foods here. What are we talking about? Well, joining us to talk about that is the director of Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. Hello, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Very good, very good. How are you guys in Alberta? We are doing great, beautiful weather, but this story bothers me about uh, food manufacturers producing snack foods for the Canadian market. What is this ingredient that they banned in Europe that we're, we're putting into stuff here? Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's basically these are colorants uh, to make candy uh, look more attractive, essentially. It pops collars, uh, it makes them look more, uh, well, colorful, basically. And, uh, and so we do see a difference between uh, candies you buy here in North America versus Europe, because in Europe, uh, the approach in Europe is very different come from a food science perspective. They're much more prudent. And uh, I mean, these, these, uh, these ingredients aren't uh, harmful uh, from a um, uh, World Health Organization's perspective. They don't necessarily, they haven't classified them as dangerous. Uh, but uh, Europe tends to be uh, very proactive when it comes to um, the selection and approval of specific ingredients, especially when it comes to artificial colors, uh, scents, um, things that can actually make looks uh, like things look brighter. If you if you have if you ever travel to Asia, it's the opposite. You go into a grocery store, you feel like you're looking at the rainbow. It's just yeah. so colorful. In North America, it's it's kind of in between Asia and Europe, if you will. Hey, well, Sylvain, it's, uh, it, hey, I just came back from Europe. They actually make their chocolate look like chocolate over there. Isn't that wild? It, it actually looks like chocolate. They don't, they don't cover it up at all. The, this stuff is titanium dioxide. What exactly is that? Do we, like, can we break Yummy. that down for people? Yummy? Well, I'm not. So, first of all, I'm not a food scientist. So, you may want to talk to a food scientist about uh, what it is specifically. But uh, what we do know is that manufacturers will use this particular ingredient to, again, make uh, make candy look more pop, well colorful to attract to attract children. Uh, basically, and that's really the whole idea of of using some of these ingredients. And, and that's not the only one. There are a few others. Um, regulations around candy uh, can be interesting between countries. Uh, for example, like with jelly beans, uh, there are different rules in the U.S. versus Canada, and so uh, manufacturers can't just manufacture products using any ingredients. Uh, but again, going back to Europe, they tend to uh, go as natural as possible and avoid any sort of risks or perceived risks. Well, I noticed that back on the, uh, well, I think it was 2021 in May, the European Food Safety Authority review could not rule out that this stuff, this titanium dioxide, may cause DNA or chromosomal damage in humans. You would have to think here in North America, somebody would pay a little bit more attention to that, wouldn't they? Uh, again, it's uh, it really boils down to how you read the science. Uh, some regulators are very careful. I mean, you can talk to farmers about this. So they'll know that in Europe, the approach to risk is very different. It's the same in food science and ingredients used in food manufacturing. Uh, and so you, you, you should expect differences between countries. And yes, absolutely. If you go to Europe or Asia, you'll, you'll taste the difference as well. And so that it boils down 
down to palates and how uh, what we like and don't like. For example, uh, Canadians are known to love sodium. So uh, if you actually go in other countries, you'll notice that uh, the, the food is not as salty as here. Right. We love sodium here in Canada, which is a problem. Uh, and of course, the, the the federal government is trying to figure out a way to get us to eat less sodium through labeling. But it's not it's not cutting sodium. It's actually informing the public. So I think to your point, uh, perhaps there is uh, a there is an opportunity here to uh, invite manufacturers to properly label and I think this is the one message we should get out of this is to properly inform the public about what's in those candies Wow, I was noticing that some of the candies that are on this list that have this, Skittles fruits Nerd fruits, Nerd gummy clusters, Rainbow chocolate, M&M's Uh oh, M&M's No, not those, please, not those uh, it's well, just, Skittles are pretty popular, though. Uh, yes, they They're are, but popular, yeah. I'm more of an M&M's guy here, Sylvain, so I'm just bringing that one up. <laughs> but uh, I'm always fascinated, though, the difference uh, between, you know, different continents and what's accepted here and what's accepted there. It just uh, it doesn't sound like that Health Canada is too concerned about it, but it sounds like they're aware. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes uh, com- countries uh, like Health Canada, for example, will look at the outcome, will look at the product itself, and will evaluate the product, the ensemble of ingredients. And, but sometimes uh, regulators will actually look at uh, ingredients per se, each and every ingredient. It will evaluate the use of an ingredient. Um, and in Canada, you can see that that method, that approach is is overarching, whether it's the use of, say, uh, genetically modified seeds uh, to uh, now these ingredients you find in, in food. So, again, it's a, ma- it's a matter of philosophy and, uh, and priority, I guess. Hey, Sylvain, you're the director of Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie. What, what do you guys specialize in? What do you what do? You do? Uh, we eat M&Ms, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but essentially what we do is that we look at uh, issues that affect uh, both, di- bo- both ends of the food continuum, from labeling to the use of ingredients to, uh, of course, uh, the big issue these days is inflation and the cost to produce food. And some of these ingredients are incorporated into our food essentially because they're, well, there's some economic motivation, let's face it. I mean, some of these grids are actually quite cheap and will actually make these uh, products more desirable at retail. And so we look at those issues uh, on a regular basis. So are you being kept busier now than maybe you were five years ago? Oh, yeah. Uh, the last four years have been just crazy busy. Uh, we have uh, lots of different projects. We're publishing a lot, and so yeah, no, it's been it's been busy for sure. So we have a team of of seventeen people uh, at the lab here. Uh, they they work. They they're not just in Halifax. They're all over the country. But uh, we have a team of seventeen wonderful people, and they're all very busy. So what's the biggest thing on the agenda these days? Inflation, yeah, inflation for sure. Uh, The carbon tax is something that we've uh, we've been looking into as well. Uh, The code of conduct, uh, we testified before Parliament two weeks ago, uh, and we were asked whether or not the code of conduct would actually allow uh, for uh, food prices to be more stable over time. And so we run we run models. We 
tend to see exactly what would happen across the supply chain and if if consumers would benefit from a code of conduct. I know it's an abstract concept between suppliers and grocers, but what goes on within the supply chain greatly affects retail prices on all of us. Is it a mess right now, like everybody says it is? In, um, in what terms? Well, uh, you know, what, what, let's focus in. We have Jugmeet Singh on frequently on on, uh, on my show in the afternoons, and he's talking about grocery prices and everything like that. Nothing seems to happen on that front, but they keep bringing it up. It just sounds like that's a mess, and it sounds like people are concerned about this, that. The other thing when it comes to food prices, it just doesn't seem like anything's getting done on that. You must hear that frequently. Uh, I, I wouldn't qualify the situation as messy. Uh, I certainly would say that uh, there are issues that would need to be addressed. For example, uh, you know, we have to recognize that there's a, there are a couple of companies that do have way more power and, and do control the market here in Canada. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm referring to uh, Walmart and, and Loblaw. And uh, if, if you don't understand, like you, you look at Loblaw, they only have 28% of the food market, but they have President's Choice and, and No Name. And, and it's a virtually integrated company. They have 250,000 employees. It's the largest private employer in the country. They have lots of money and influence. And uh, I got to tell you, I mean, it's just a massive organization. And and right now, that company uh, will squash suppliers and will also impact independent grocers, uh, including the independent grocers you find in Alberta. And so that's something that uh, if you want more competition, I think it's something that we need to address if you want, like, affordable food for everyone. It's certainly something you want to address. But the last thing, like Mr. Singh will actually uh, provide recommendations that are low-hanging fruits for people to understand, like a windfall tax and regulating prices. Those would be the worst things to do. What you need to focus on are on the mechanics that actually make the supply chain work or don't work. So, Vin, the reason why I love having you on here today is we went from talking about candy to groceries to uh, what I'm going to ask a politician next time he comes on our show. I love it. And I'm sorry. Absolutely, you should. (laughs) I'm sorry I use the term messy, but that's just the way I view it these days. So, hey, thanks for your time. It's great, uh, great chatting with you today. All right, take care.